When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to The Incline. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are in the midst of a huge series with the San Diego Padres. They're 44-28. and 28. Tonight, they play Game 2 against the 43-32 and 32 San Diego Padres. The Dodgers are two games back of the San Francisco Giants. But, of course, we're coming off a tough loss in the first game of the series where the Dodgers fell to the Padres 6-2. David Rosenthal, how's it going? It's going good, Kevin. Uh, obviously not the result we wanted yesterday, but again, it's June. And contrary to what some people think, this is just a regular season game. Uh, I'd like to get one out of these next two. I would love to avoid a sweep, but even if they sweep, Dodgers are still ahead of them. Muncie's coming back today, Bellinger tomorrow, Seager in the next week or two. So we're, we're, Dodgers are going to be fine. What's going on, Jake Reiner? Hey, Kevin, I was going to piggyback off of what David was saying, and he mentioned that we've been without Bellinger, we've been without Seager, we've been without Muncie, and we're getting Muncie back tonight and Bellinger back the next day, so that's good. And I, I just want to you know, let everybody know, keep in mind, that we've not faced this San Diego Padres team at full strength. And so just keep that in mind in, in going forward. This is, I don't know what number meeting this is, but we have a total of 19 meetings with the, with this team. And I really hope that at some point we get our full strength back so that people can really see who the better team is. And I think it'll be the Dodgers because they just have the most well-rounded roster out there. And it's unfortunate what we saw, what we saw from Julio Urias last night, we can get into that in a little bit, but just briefly, he's just been, he's been struggling and I have some thoughts and feelings about that. And one of them is another rant for you guys on how much I hate bullpen games, because I think it has a lot to do with what we're seeing from Urias. Yeah. We're going to get to that in just a second. And to recap for everyone, the Dodgers trail, the season series right now, five games to three, against the Padres. Game nine is tonight. We're also joined by Matt Wagner, contributor and writer for Dodgers Tailgate. Matt, thank you for joining the show. How are you doing out there? Uh, it's, it's always great joining you guys for sure and uh, doing really well. I'm just seeing like you guys just waiting for the game to start pretty much. So we got, I think, about an hour and a half or so. So looking forward to it. That's right. So Julio Urias. Well, you mentioned that the Dodgers offensively aren't at full strength. There's not much you can do when Urias puts up a stinker like that. He gave up six earned runs. He went four innings. He had four walks, and he's struggling out there. Over his last five starts, he has a 631 ERA, and opponents are batting 317 out there. That's rough, and my initial thoughts are maybe he's just running out of gas. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think he is running out. This is the first time we're seeing him without the training wheels, so to speak. This is the first time the Dodgers have given him a rotation spot and said, you know, we don't have any pitch limits on you or any innings limits anymore. And this is your time to take over that rotation spot. And uh, up until, like Kevin mentioned, uh, the last four starts or so, 
he's been pretty great and he was definitely on track to make the all-star team. And although I think with his last few outings, I think that may be in jeopardy now, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that, that they're asking a lot from Urias because Dustin may went down with an injury. And because um, we've been putting out these bullpen games ever so often, it really hurts the next day starter. And I don't, I don't know how many starts Julio has had after bullpen games, but it feels like it's been a lot. It's been like two or three times. And when you have the bullpen game, you're forcing the next day starter to go seven, eight innings. And when you put that kind of pressure on a starter, as opposed to saying, you know what, we're going to let you go as far as you are able to go. And then once you reach, you know, your limit, whether you run out of gas or get into trouble, we're going to use that bullpen. And that's a, that's a lot different than saying to someone, Hey, we have nobody in the bullpen to come relieve you. So this is your game, buddy. Um, And that is, that is a huge problem for this Dodgers rotation. And I think, you know, what we're seeing from Gonsolin is, you know, he's, he's slow to return. I liked a little bit of what we saw in his last outing, but I, I don't trust it, man. I really don't trust it. And I think that the Dodgers uh, need to go out there and pick up a few more starters. Yeah, absolutely. My eyes got really wide when you said that last part and Gonsolin, he went three innings, didn't give up any three runs. didn't give up any earned runs over those three innings. But the velocity on his four-seamer was almost down three miles per hour. And after his second start, I guess he told the training staff he was feeling a little bit sore. Those are some major red flags to me. And if he goes down, like Jake said, we're going to have to really rely on the bullpen. That's going to have a carryover effect on the next day. And we're seeing it with Urias. His career high in the regular season is 80, 80 innings pitched. He's already at 88, and we're seeing him top off. Already, his ERA is now up to 399, and it's getting scary. Yeah, so let me get in here for a minute. This is where, like Jake said, the Dustin May injury kills us. Uh, they don't really have the luxury of saying, you know what, Julio, we're going to skip you, give you, give you a, a turn of the rotation off, let, you, let your fatigue come back. They, they don't have that right now. Uh, and what I think the solution is outside of trading uh, you know, for a starter, which I'm sure they're, they're looking into at some point, is I think it might be time to build up David Price just to, uh, you know, every fifth day, uh, maybe just give Urias a break and uh, get him out there. I mean, we're paying him, what, $15 million a year. Uh, He's basically essentially a garbage man on this roster. He comes in when the game is either way out of reach or we have a seven-run lead. So I don't see a use, uh, like a a real use for him in his role right now. Uh, He's not pitching any high leverage. So, you know, I think the what I would do is, is start to build him up, maybe get him in AAA for a bit uh, and get Uceta up to be a garbage man. Uh, I don't see any other options outside of trading for someone. I'll circle back to him later, but Matt wanted to get your thoughts on this topic of Urias or just the rotation maybe falling apart in general. Honestly, I told Ruth, <clears throat> excuse me, with David on that, with David on that, because um, maybe now I'm, since the beginning of the year, yeah, I mean, Dodgers had to rely on kind of a patchwork rotation, and then you think that Kay Gompson's going to come in and he's going to be pretty solid, but so far it's not working out like that. And I, too, thought Price was going to be either more of an either a long relief role or basically kind of a spot starter type guy. But so far, yeah, I mean, he'd be my choice if I was Dave Robertson really in that organization, but Obviously, that's not uh, it's not my decision, but I'd like to see them build up Price again because he can honestly be pretty decent fifth starter, spot starter type guy in this situation for sure. And Josiah yep. Gray, he normally would be an option potentially, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> pretty sure he's been injured for most this year too. So for now, they're just I mean, plenty on the option right now. I would think is either hope constant keeps improving a little bit more than he has, or are you going to have to build up price or you guys are right. Mid June, so we're kind of getting toward the trade deadline and I can see them, can see them trading for a starter potentially too, if it, if it continues to kind of get worse. Okay. Yeah. So David brought up Edwin Uceta and there's been a big problem with him is that every guy in the bullpen that they're hoping can be a garbage mop-up dude 
continues to just fall apart and it's yeah. decimating these huge leads. We've seen it with Dennis Santana. We saw it with Mitch White. We saw it with Edwin who just almost Garcia. blew it. Almost blew a nine to one lead for the Dodgers against the Arizona Diamondbacks who are the worst team in baseball. And it forced Robert's hand into going with Kenley Jansen. I don't know how you can continue to pitch these guys if you can't even trust them in eight plus run leads. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, they're, they're supposed to be mop up roles and, and garbage men, but they have, have consistently been the garbage themselves. And so that, that is just not working out for us. And, and Kevin, I want to, uh, you know, compliment you on your pronunciation of Edwin. <laughs> I was going to say it too. You did good <laughs> you, on, on you the nail, new setup. You, you freaking nailed it, brother. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it is really, it is really rough uh, when you get to the end of this bullpen. Um, it, the, the fact that they can't even go out there and throw up uh, a scoreless inning with that kind of lead uh, is concerning. And it feels like we've really tried everybody that can we can possibly uh, bring up. I mean, I don't think that they're, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a situation where they they tap into literally anybody in the minor league system because you don't want to rush, you know, a guy like Pepio, for example. You don't want to rush those guys to the majors um, and, and possibly, you know, uh, put them in a tough spot, right? Um, but it, it sucks that not one of these guys has really panned out. And, and, it, and it's sort of curious why they DFA'd Nate Jones. I didn't think he was that bad. Um, and I thought that, that maybe he could eventually um, be that guy. Um, but I'm just happy that, uh, that Phil Bickford has turned into something because it was, uh, it was looking like he was going south for a minute there. Yeah, I, I mean, you said it. And I don't, I agree. I don't think there's anybody else left in the minor league system that they can throw out there. there. There's just not a whole lot in terms of major league ready relievers or starters for that matter. I mean, we're basically at Brock Stewart territory who came out of the clouds and yelled at me on Twitter the other day for some reason. Uh, but I, I mean, it's bad. They're going to have to trade for multiple pitchers, in my opinion. And I, I, frankly, I don't know what, what they're waiting for. Uh, they, they got one more injury left and, and they're in deep trouble. One guy in the starting staff gets injured or Blake Trinan or Jimmy Nelson or any of those guys gets injured. They're in trouble. They have yeah. about four and a half, uh, bullpen guys that they trust. I'll, I'll make it five. And the last one is a half combination of Bigford and Joe Kelly. Uh, but besides those two, it's, it's Jansen, Trinan, Gonzalez and Jimmy Nelson. And that's it. Yeah. So you Darvish, I have to just commend how good he was. That's what that's being a realist. He carved us up 11 strikeouts over six innings. We just have not had an answer for you, Darvish, all season long. It's a little frustrating. He proved that he can pitch without the sticky substance. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., continue to own us. Machado's batting well on the pronunciation 382. Well, Kevin. Yeah. One home run. Two for two. Five RBIs, four stolen bases. Tatis. 324 average against the Dodgers, six home runs, seven RBIs. And unlike last season, it seems like the Dodgers have not had an answer for either of these two stars. And quite frankly, it's getting a little bit infuriated. And and I can't even be mad. I mean, the 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 fact is, is that these guys are getting up for the series and they're they're stepping up. And especially Machado. Uh, I know a lot of Dodgers fans despise him. I'm not in that camp. I, I don't really have a lot to to hate on him for. Um, other than the fact that he's just really good um, against us. I think it would be one thing if uh, Machado and Tatis were kind of doing their whole swag thing and, and being obnoxious and then not performing at the plate. Um, I think then then we'd have a little, little bit of a leg to stand on there for that, but they are, you know, they're bringing the swag and they're backing it up with their play and they are taking advantage of us. And it is, it is frustrating, no doubt about it, but I'm honestly more frustrated with how poorly we've played during these games versus San Diego. And I, and again, I, I know I brought this up at the beginning that we have not been at full strength, but this, this team should be good enough to at least make these games competitive. And, and the first game of this series was just, you know, it was embarrassing. Well, I mean, Billy, Billy Brown, wants, do? Billy Brown wants to know, is this their June World Series? And I don't know by there he means the Dodgers or Padres or both. But to me, I wouldn't call this a World Series. 
but it's like an NLDS. This is a pretty important series, and I'll dive into why tonight is a must-win game in just a second. But I wanted to give you all an answer, uh, a quick second to answer that question, if this is the June World Series. No, is my answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, no. Yeah, it's it's a good, it's a great game. It, it's a it's a it's a game that um, that has a lot of you know high stakes and, and ratings and all that stuff. And the first game of the series was a primetime game on ESPN, um, and and so it's exciting. But this is not a, a World Series of of any kind. Um, and uh, I just would like to point out that when the Padres sent out their uh, their lineup, uh, they said in the tweet, "Run it back," which we all know that they meant run it back in the sense of like, they won the first game of the series. So let's run it back and win another one. But it just, it just made me laugh. I, and I kind of almost wanted to respond like run, run what back a, a first round playoff exit, a, a sweep of the Dodgers. You want to run that back. Um, I just, you know, for me to really respect the San Diego Padres, they've got to prove themselves in the playoffs. I don't care how you do in the regular season. The Dodgers have been there, done that. They've they're consistently either, you know, in the NLC, CS are in the world series and they're consistently winning the division. So until San Diego can do that, that's when I'll start to respect them and, and really care about how these series go. And in terms of wins and losses, win one game against the Dodgers in the playoffs, yeah. one game, just yep. one, one game. That's it. That's all I'm asking. Then I'll, then I'll give you props until then just go away. They're like fruit flies. They're just, they're just an annoyance. I was going to say really quick that I, I agree with, all you guys there, and I mean, yeah, it's an, it's a fun series to watch as a fan. Like, not even the West Coast, from a national perspective, it's fun to watch, and it's a showcase game for sure because you got all this talent there. But it's it, it, it's not a World Series. It's not a World Series. I, I gotta say it like that for sure. All right, so let me set the table here. I'm calling tonight a season-defining game, and I'll tell you why. You got Clay and Kershaw on the mound, who is obviously your big game pitcher after you lose a game. You want to get the win. He's had two starts against the Padres. as a 208 ERA, 13 innings. He's holding the Padres a 156 batting average against. On the flip side, the Padres are turning to Blake Snell. And now we clown on Chris Paddock a lot on this show, but Blake Snell has been their worst pitcher all season long. I'm talking 572 ERA, 157 whip over his last two starts, 10 earned runs over seven innings pitched. Opponents are batting 424 against him. And against the Dodgers this season, he's actually faced them twice, 10 innings, a 348 ERA, 14 strikeouts, holding the Dodgers to 231 batting average against. But you're getting a pitcher at his all-time worst right now. Confidence is definitely a low, although he is a good Petco Park pitcher, 165 ERA this season. But the, the lineup that Roberts is rolling out tonight tells me that there is a sense of urgency in this game. When I hear ahead, all of those bad stats about Blake Snell, I just I I am ner- now really nervous because all that means is that the Dodgers are going to get him right, and he's and he's going to gain confidence against our lineup. And the the only reason for that is the fact that he's left-handed, and we just can't figure out left-handed pitching. And it's going to be in a hostile environment in San Diego. The beat LA chants are going to be even stronger tonight than they were last night. And yeah, I would love to see the Dodgers embarrass Blake Snell. It's about, it's about time. They, they roughed him up. Um, you know, we, we didn't really uh, rough him up in the world series when he pitched for the Rays. We just, you know, were able to, you know, knock him out of the game so that we could take advantage of their bullpen. But I would really like to see the Dodgers just, you know, absolutely shell Blake Snell. And I do find it curious though, that they the Padres really don't believe in Chris Paddock like at all like they never put him up against us it, it, they always hide him and they never put him out there and that's very telling to me go ahead Matt and then I'll, I'll counter Kevin's must win point yeah um basically kind of go back to what <clears throat> to what Kevin was saying I mean yeah I mean there's no kind of getting around with the Dodgers they've they've really struggled against lefties this year and uh it's definitely, a, I don't think this is a must-win game or an urgent game, but really with the lineup the Dodgers put out there, it's solid basically from top to bottom. Even Steven Souza's done well since he's gone up. Um, but I remember talking on Twitter earlier today that uh, 
pretty much kind of gist of it was uh, either the Dodgers are going to make going to make Snell look like a Cy Young contender all of a sudden, or are going to shell him. And there's no there's no in between everything right now. And I mean, they got to they got to jump on him early, Barbers them for sure. And going back to yesterday, Dodgers scored four runs off a race, and the Dodgers can get to Snell early, and then. They get Bershaw on the mound and should be an easy one from there on, but see how they come out to start this one. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think the Dodgers frankly are going to do well against snow. That's I, I'm, I'm with Jake here. It's just one of those things where he's been so bad against everybody else. Uh, and then you throw him against the Dodgers who struggle against left-handed pitching Mookie Betts is, is in the exception against Blake Snell, who's, who's historically owned him. Uh, but he pitches well at home. I think the Dodgers will be lucky to get one run in five. I mean, I don't think he's going to go deep in the game by any means. That's just not what he does. Uh, but I think this game is going to be one in the later innings. I think we're going to get a, a close one here. But my bigger point is this is absolutely not a must-win game. It's just not. Uh, the Dodgers are two and a half games ahead of the Padres right now. Uh, we don't know what the Giants are going to do later, which is frankly more important given today's standings. Uh, and even if the Dodgers lose tomorrow, another non-must-win game, they'll still be ahead of the Padres in the standings. We're going to get all our guys back, uh, you know, minus Dustin May, obviously. And after the All-Star break, I really do think this team is going to turn it on. Uh, I can't guarantee they're going to win the division, uh, but they're going to make the playoffs. I can guarantee you that. And uh, once it gets to, let's say they play the wild card game, Walker Buehler is the guy I would pick if I had my choice of every single pitcher in baseball to pitch in that game. So is today yes. a must-win game? Absolutely not. Not even close. No, just yeah. But if no. we if we It'd drop nice these to win, if we drop these two, we give the Padres four games in the standings, and that adds more monumental pressure the more times we play them later in the season. Well, we'd give them three, not four. But oh, because we'd be three again, and seven. You said if we lose tomorrow, well, too. yeah, in the season series, yeah, sure. But in this this series, they only obviously gained three games. But who cares? I mean, they, the Dodgers could win the next four, and the Padres could lose the next four, and then you're back to where you started before the series. Would it be again? Would it be nice to win the next two? Obviously, uh, but by by no means is a June game a must win when you're the Dodgers who are going to make the playoffs. Well, we don't want to just make the playoffs. We want to win the division. Well, I, I'm anticipating the Giants are going to come crashing down to earth at around game 100. Well. We'll, we'll talk about them next week, but if we blow that series to them too, it only makes our odds less favorable to, to win the NOS. Well, then we can debate that at that point. <laughs> Any other thoughts, Jake? It's annoying. It's, it's annoying because, you know, you're, it, it's frustrating because we don't have a full strength, but we all expect at this point, being fans of this franchise, that no matter what we should win, ever we should be in or win every single game that we play. Because when you stack up, you when you stack us up against anybody in Major League Baseball, I don't care what Vegas says or what the odds are, the odds makers say, I believe that the Dodgers should win every single time. And so, yes, it is, it is very frustrating to not be able to uh, command these games against the Padres and against the Giants. However, the stretch that we had leading up to this series where we, we went right through Pittsburgh, we went right through the Texas Rangers, we, we just absolutely owned the Diamondbacks. Th those are good signs moving forward because that means that the Dodgers are able to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. However, yep. once we get to full strength, and, and, and that's when you can really judge this team, right? If you're at full strength and you're still losing to these teams, these contenders, then I would start to, to worry. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, let me read the lineup up because I think it's good enough to beat Blake Snell. It's Mookie Betts, Chris Taylor, Justin Turner, Albert Pujols, who hasn't faced Snell yet, Will Smith. And I want to talk about Will Smith. Him starting with Clayton Kershaw tells me Roberts wants the offense and the bat in there. And Will Smith's three for five in his career against Blake Snell. He didn't go the Austin Barnes route. This is telling me Dave Roberts is betting on the bat, wants to run support for Kershaw. And there's urgency. Max Muncy back in the lineup off the IL. AJ Pollock, who needs to step up finally. Steven Souza and Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I like that lineup. It's it's the best lineup that we have given our current roster versus left-handed pitching. I mean, obviously you've got 
um, McKinstry on the bench, but he's, he's not and and Beatty and they're, they're not, you know, setting the world on fire, but yes, this is, this is the best we've got right now. And then tomorrow, the finale, Joe Musgrove against Trevor Bauer. And that should be definitely interesting. I'm the thing I'm we're gonna most light looking up. forward to tomorrow is the umpire checking Trevor Bauer for <laughs> sticky substances. He's going to make a spectacle out of it. He's going to embellish it. He's going to make, do something stupid and that's going to be entertaining as hell. Yeah. I think, I think we're going to torch Joe, Joe Musgrove. I hope so. Matt, do you have any other final thoughts? About, about tonight or tomorrow? Either one, any final thoughts in general? Um, well, basically about tonight, because we're just talking about you guys were just talking about Will Smith and I mean he's been you talking about a guy who's setting the world on fire just look at his last couple of weeks and his production lately has been been incredible for Dodgers, honestly. And I, I do like I don't think this is a must win game or a must win series, like I've been saying, but the fact that Will Smith is in there catching Clayton Kershaw, I like that Dave Roberts isn't going going with Austin Barnes and <clears throat> Just him being in the middle lineup, that's definitely going to help the offense out tonight. And, I mean, this their lineup's been kind of unpredictable lately a little bit, but honestly, think if I had to, if I had to pick a winner tonight, I think it's going to be the Dodgers ultimately. Well said. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us today. I hope you had a blast. Make sure to follow him on Twitter. I will drop his handle in the description below and support Dodgers tailgate. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Oh. Oh, thank you guys. And like I said earlier, it's it's always good to be here for sure. So it's catching up to you guys. For sure, man. Yeah, you too. Appreciate it. All right. So guys, we have a few questions from the fans out there. Gorilla Golf on Twitter wants to know, which Padre do you dislike the most? And it can either be a guy now or from the past. Now is definitely Trent Grisham. Yeah. Uh, something just rubs me the wrong way about that guy. I, I don't know what it is, but I, he's just... I think it was it started when he tried to taunt Clayton Kershaw when he had a home run off him last year. Uh, ever since then, I, I just don't like the dude. I also hate that Jake Cronenworth went to the University of Michigan uh, because naturally I'm inclined to root for him, but I, I now I have to hate him. Uh, not a big Machado guy. I like Tatis, but enough of the promotion from the world. Uh, Blake Snell is kind of annoying. That's about it. I don't like Mark Melanson's face for some reason. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Paddock. Well, no, I, I love Chris Paddock. Chris <laughs> Paddock is my favorite Padre because I just get to just continually roast him about how bad he is. Although he's kind of <laughs> actually been pretty decent the past couple starts. So I may have to take that tone down a little bit, but I, I love Chris Paddock. Yeah. Well, like I was saying, they got to, the, the Padres don't believe in him. Otherwise he would, he hasn't pitched against us yet this year. Has he? Yeah. So yeah. He hasn't yeah, pitched I, against us. He was the only pitcher in the uh, 2020 NLDS who did not throw a pitch for them. Yeah. I Okay, so current Padre, I have to go with David on this one. I hate Trent Grisham. Um, I just think he just has one of those faces that you just want to punch, man. It's just, I don't, you know, you just want to just deck him right in the right in the <laughs> face. Um, can't, can't explain it. He's just got one of those faces and he's just, yeah, he's just annoying. Um, the but like if I'm thinking about like past Padres, the one guy that comes to mind that really and it was only for one moment was Carlos Quentin. Uh, yeah. for for when he That's uh, what I was gonna say, oh, you were gonna say that when he broke uh, Zach Granke's clavicle, I think it was, um, yeah. during that during that brawl in San Diego. Like, I really just hated him for that because Granke was so good up until that point, and then afterwards, it felt like he wasn't the same. Yeah. For me, Manny Machado definitely annoys me the most. There's just something about his facial gestures that really irritates me. And he just always seems to make the stupidest gestures whenever something happens. And besides Carlos Quinn, and I guess from the past, something about Jake Peavy really bothered me. It seemed yeah, like that dude, I, yeah. he always shoved against us. And he had like this tendency of yelling at himself on the mound and getting <laughs> hot headed. And then he went to the Red Sox and Giants. So that just made it even more aggravating. You know, I, I honestly, I'll admit that I really disliked Adrian Gonzalez when he played for the Padres and then, and and then, and then liked him, but then when he came to the Dodgers, it was awesome. I mean, he was great for us. It was like, we, we, we had to deal with a, you know, a ton of those James Loney years. And so it was just nice to have like a real nice, good power hitting first baseman. 
Steve M saying some really nice stuff about us. Wants to know, are any of us going to be at tonight's Tuesday game? Because he's going to be there and he'd love to meet us. Well, unfortunately, I won't be there. I don't think Jake will be there and I don't think David will be there. But, I wish. But thank I wish. you, Steve. I hope you have a great time. Thank you so much. I don't know much. if I'm welcome there. Padres <laughs> fans despise me. I'd love to see that. Stevie, two dose, wants to know, why do Padres fans want this to be a rivalry when they root for a team with five ever division winning seasons? Because they, they want to be relevant. Just they, they just want to be relevant. They don't, they haven't been relevant in their entire existence of a franchise. And now they get a generational player in Fernando Tatis, thanks to a gift from the White Sox. They sign Machado along with some other bad contracts. And now they're somewhat relevant in the MLB landscape and they need a rival. And who else uh, but the team who's consistently and relentlessly beat them down over the last 10 plus years. Uh, they don't have a rival. They need a rival. They want to be the San Francisco Giants. That's it. Yeah, I was going to say they 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 want to be relevant. Um, and everybody wants to beat the Dodgers. It's it's you know it's no secret. Um, the Dodgers have the targets on their backs. They're consistently you know the best team, if not one of the best teams in baseball, year in and year out. And especially in their own division, I think the Padres and AJ Preller decided, you know what, we have the we have the money. Let's go out. Let's get Machado. Let's you know let let's bring up Tatis and and see what we got here. And they've got something pretty um, exciting there in San Diego. If you're a Padres fan, I, I you know it, the the hype is there for them, and they're they're loving it. Um, but again, I mean that they, they've they have so much more to prove. Um, than the Dodgers or the Giants, frankly, for that matter. The swag chain has to be the stupidest thing going on in Major League Baseball, thanks to the Padres. And now the fans love it too. It's embarrassing. So cringe. Their yeah, replica yeah. swag chains are so cringe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sergio, Sergio Morales. If you could switch each team's infield for each other, which combo would be better? A little bit of a confusing question, in my opinion. But I guess if I had to take one team's infield and add them to the Dodgers, unfortunately, it's the Padres. Is, it, is asking, it one team in one team in the NL West? Yeah. Are you sure he's not asking just if they Padres and Dodgers flipped infields? I think that's we could, we could go with that too. It. We, well, still the Padres. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. You know, I, I obviously I love our infield, but it's tough to compete with Tatis, Machado, and and Cronenworth. Even though Hosmer is a bit of a crutch, he's garbage. But I would those still, three guys yeah. are, are legit. If I could, if I could mix and match, um, I, I th- which is an interesting little twist to it, I would keep Muncie at first, yeah. and I, I think you think you got to go Machado Tatis on the left side. Even though I, you know, I love Justin Turner. I, I think Machado is is well. I don't know. I mean. Turner, we know Turner can, can come through in the clutch and we had Machado and he wasn't really that clutch for us, even though he did hit that, hit that really nice home run in the division series versus the Braves. I remember 18, but yeah, um, you you gotta go, you gotta go with Tatis. I think you'd go with Seager, wouldn't you? Uh, Well, I don't know right now. It's really hard to argue against Tatis, but when Seager comes back and can get some rhythm back, we'll see. But yeah, right now Tatis is definitely the best shortstop in baseball, and rightfully so, the leading candidate for the shortstop position. Um, Dodgers and Memes wants to know: Do you think Diego Cartaya will switch positions one day, given that Kybert Ruiz is waiting in the wings for his chance, or do we trade Ruiz right now for a great player? Very tough question, but that is tough. I'm pretty opinionated on this one, and I am really against trading Ruiz. I think this guy is the real deal, and he could be the regular season catcher right now. He's absolutely tearing it up in AAA. He's got eight or nine home runs, I want to say, and he's shown it in the bigs in limited sample size. Fangraphs compares him to the next Yadier Molina, and that's really hard for me to just give away unless it's like a superstar player. And meanwhile, Cartaya is also dominating AA and he's only 19, I want to say, and he'll be up in two or three years possibly. I guess the Dodgers have to bank on the DH to get both these guys in the lineup. Yeah, that was going to be my point is like what what happens to Will Smith, you know, when if you bring up 
Ruiz. Um, that's, you know, because I, I think, I don't know which catcher the Dodgers organization believes in more, but it's, they certainly love Will Smith and he's proven himself at the major league level, also proven himself in the postseason to be pretty clutch. So that's a tough decision to make, but about Cartaya, I think, you know, you can't count anything out with this Dodgers organization. They're going to mix and match and put players all around the diamond to make sure that they get the most bang for their buck. And if, if, the, if he can find another position and be good at it, then I don't see why not. I mean, look, they, they turned Kenley Jansen from a catcher into a, you know, they're basically their, their best closer ever uh, in franchise history. Yeah. So I wouldn't put it past them. I don't think they're going to trade any of them. Uh, I, you know, Cartaya is in what low A right now or rookie league. Uh, so we, we're, obviously, you know, he's a highly touted prospect, but there's a long, long road ahead of him. Uh, he's going to have to conti- continually do this at each level he goes up. So I don't think they're going to trade anybody. I think the DH is coming, uh, and I think next year we're going to see Ruiz and Smith on the big league team. And I think Austin Barnes is going to be catching for another team next year. Uh, he's, he's under contract for one more year, but that's going to be an attractive trade option for many teams. He's not getting uh, paid that much. Uh, he's a good uh, manager of games, and I think he's going to be on a different team next year. Yeah, I agree. Sell high and buy low. That's what you do. That's what the Rays did with Blake Snow, and it's really working out in their favor. Just some other things that I wanted to touch on real quick. I found it absolutely hilarious that Josh Reddick got booed at his own home ballpark, Chase Field. And now I, I know that there are obviously more Dodger fans there because the D-backs have become a pathetic franchise. But still, to get booed at your own stadium, it's hilarious. Well, with the way Josh Reddick has been playing, don't you think that some of those boos are coming from the D-backs fans, the very little that were there? Very possible. <laughs> and they're under a stretch so bad with him. They're now 3-28 and 28 since calling up Josh Reddick. But he's a World Series champion, Kevin. He should be able to turn right the ship. Seeing those crowd, that Dodger crowd in, in Arizona, that was crazy. It would look, legitimately look like Dodger Stadium in terms yeah. of the crowd makeup. Yeah, the, the, the Dodgers fans that have traveled to Houston, traveled to Arizona, all over the place. They, the, this franchise travels probably the best in the, in, in the majors. No doubt about it. After the Padres, the Dodgers take on the Chicago Cubs at Dodger Stadium for four-game series. Hopefully, they win a game this time since they swept us out in Chicago. And I believe we're going to see a red-hot Jock Peterson make his return to Dodger Stadium. So that should be something. Yeah, they're, they're going to play a lot better than they did last time. Uh, obviously, that was in the, uh, what was it, 5-15 and 15 stretch or whatever it was. Uh, where they just couldn't do anything right. I think that was Kershaw's, that one-inning start where he had 40 pitches and left after one inning, uh, and then that stupid doubleheader they had to play. So I think we're going to see some good good stuff out of that series. Um, I think this next stretch is going to be very telling for the Dodgers because they're facing tough competition, and at the same time, the Dodgers are getting their all-stars back. Muncy's coming back tonight. Bellinger's coming back tomorrow. We're expecting Seager to come back at the earliest in early July. So facing the Cubs, facing the Giants, this is going to be a real test to see what this team is made of. Yeah, look, the only thing I'm concerned about uh, for the next two or three weeks is keeping this team healthy. We're going to get guys back, uh, but I just need everybody else to just stay healthy. Uh, We get three games games with the Diamondbacks before the All-Star break. So that'll be a nice little, should be a simple coast into the all-star break, get a nice little reset for this team. And then it's time to put it into overdrive. This team has not played up to their potential basically all year. Uh, And I think we're going to see that start to come to fruition in the second half. Uh, As long as everybody stays healthy, guys are going to start getting hot. People are going to start coming back from the IL and the Dodgers are going to get rolling. Yeah, I don't think I've ever said this in my entire life as a Dodger fan because normally heading into the All-Star break, that's when they tend to really pick it up, but not this season. I think no team needs this All-Star break more right now than the Los Angeles Dodgers. Agreed. So one of the last things to recover real quick, MLB finally started to crack down on foreign substances. We talked about that last week. You can listen to that episode, but now they're having the umpires – check the balls 
like they said they would with their new rules. And our, we're already seeing a number of shenanigans out there. I'll start with Joe Kelly. Yesterday, the umpires did an inspection on him. He handed the umpires his goggles and said, these are sick. And <laughs> what <laughs> Joe Kelly being Joe Kelly, he said in his uh, presser today, it's now the same playing field as far as sticky stuff, whatever that means. And I know other guys aren't having it either. Right, David? Yeah, I mean, as we're recording now, uh, they checked Max Scherzer at the you know end of an inning, which is, I guess, commonplace now. Uh, but then Joe Girardi, the Phillies manager, basically requested another check. So the umpires went out mid-inning after a strikeout, and Scherzer was basically – not having it. He basically took off his pants, threw his hat down, threw his glove down and said, here, look, there's nothing here, blah, blah, blah. And as he was walking back to the dugout at the end of the inning, he, he essentially stared down Joe Girardi and Girardi eventually got ejected. So this is just a complete shit show. So congratulations, Rob Manfred, you have done it again. <laughs> so just, just a freaking disaster. This whole thing is the fact that the, I mean, this was bound to happen when they decided to enforce these rules in the middle of the goddamn season. Of the year. Yep. What is what is wrong with these people? Why can't they get anything right? They're making the they're 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 making the sport worse, and then when they try to course correct, they make it even worse than that. And so the, there's it's this issue out there that Rob Banfred has neglected to uh, essentially do anything about long before 2018, but let's give 2018, uh, let's make that the marker, right? Because that's when Trevor Bauer started talking about this stuff. So you've had four or five years to really look into this and, and, and take a stand. And now only because now nobody is, is scoring runs and they're striking out like crazy and there's no, and, and the uh, and team batting averages are so low, the lowest they've ever been. Now they're deciding to do something about it in the middle of the year to save face and hopefully hopefully boost offense. This is just ridiculous. It, it, it is such a, um, a travesty for this game and for a sport that's already struggling to introduce it to new fans and to keep people from keep people coming back for more. This is a disgrace. Yep. Yeah. All around, all around. Yeah. We were talking before the show, uh, the Padres, Sports Network, Bally Sports, which I still don't understand why they went from Fox Sports to Bally because it reminds me of the gym, but and their new song sucks. But they said that their local ratings had eight times the viewership of a national television broadcast of ESPN. What does that say about baseball in this country? And David, that's, well, that that's that's supporting the 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 notion that um, these these regional networks will continue to be blacked out in the market that you're in and you can't watch it on MLB TV. That supports that because if more people are tuning in to watch the regional broadcast, there's no incentive for them to open it up to everybody else and to get rid of these blackouts, which is another huge problem. Yeah. David brought a great observation that there wasn't even an NBA playoff game going on. There was no competition, but finally Dave Roberts, I guess he's had enough of the shift after Matt Beatty lined out into what should have been, no doubt about it, a base hit, a 930 XBA, Dave Roberts, to set, Dave Roberts today said he's changed his mind and he wants to, he's all in favor of outlawing the shift. Yeah, well, because we can't do the shift right for some reason. And, it, and they, beat, they beat us every single time. I, I, don't know, I don't know if it's because we're not in the right spots or maybe our pitchers are not hitting their locations where they need to be. They're pitching away from the shift. But it just seems like every single time there's a ball that looks as if we're going to get a routine play, it gets through the infield. And every time it looks like we have hit it, we've gotten a base hit, we're out. All right. And then I, I don't know how I feel about banning the shift. Uh, I, that's a weird, weird comment from Dave Roberts uh, because the Dodgers are one of the most shift heavy teams in baseball. Obviously, that comes from the uh, mandate from heaven, if you will, uh, from above. But I, I don't know. It's, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Manfred banned the shift midseason at this point. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's going to do everything else. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Let's bring back the intentional walk. Never really yeah, understood I mean, why they got rid of that to begin with. 
Yeah, I actually do. Really I actually weird. do like that. I actually do like that role. I don't know. I saw somebody. Was it Guerrero? Vladimir Guerrero Senior who hit that. Miguel Cabrera. I don't know if it was a home Miguel run Cabrera. Or a double. Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, now we don't have that anymore. And sometimes, <laughs> and the best part is sometimes they can't get the intentional walk right, and they end up throwing a wild pitch. That's yeah, something, yeah. That's those are electric. Makes. Yeah. No action now. Final thoughts, and then we'll go into our closing thoughts. Mookie Betts, hate him all you want, saying he doesn't live up to his contract this season. He's finally starting to heat up. Over his last 24 at-bats, he's batting 292 with a 1.114 OPS, three home runs, six RBIs, and tonight you can call it his flu game because just a few minutes ago we found out he's playing with the stomach flu and he doesn't want to miss tonight's game because he, like me, understands the magnitude of tonight. So I respect that without a doubt. Yeah, I respect yeah, I respect some, him. Go ahead, David. He's had some weird it, weird stuff happen to him this year. I mean, the allergies, allergy attack, uh, stomach flu. I think this is the second time he's, he's had stomach issues. Uh, I don't know. Eat a hamburger, not a not a you know salad or whatever these people eat now. I know I'm gonna regret. Not, no offense if you're a vegan or anything, but I you know I'm very pro hamburger, so I don't know. Eat a hamburger, Mookie. Yeah, I, I know I'm gonna regret saying this right now, but it, it just it, I just gotta say it. And I know that at some point Mookie Betts is going to prove me wrong, and you guys can all dunk on me at that point. But it is really frustrating watching him night after night, come up in big spots and not deliver. And yes, you read those stats. He is, you know, putting it together. And like last night he hit a home run, but not, it was a solo shot that me that meant absolutely nothing for the rest of the game. He, he did end up coming up late in the game with the bases loaded and wasn't able to come through. Same with Will Smith. I mean, Will Smith hit a solo shot last night, which you could look at that and say, woohoo, great. He hit a home run. But he also had an opportunity with, I think it was a bases loaded as well, and um, and he couldn't come through. So I, I'm not saying that like I'm disappointed in Mookie Betts, but like I I want him to carry this team. I, like I I really want him to be the spark plug. I really want him to be the constant staple at the top of that lineup that we know he can be, especially with all of these injuries that are happening to this team. And I get it. You know, it's hard. It's harder for a baseball player to put a team on his back versus a basketball player uh, or even a football player as quarterback. But we, we need more from Mookie Betts. We need, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, he hasn't lived up to his contract because we won a world series with him last year, but this guy needs to do better in bigger spots. That's all I'm going to say. I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't go as far as say as that solo home run was meaningless um, because you know you got to start somewhere when you're down four runs. But he's got to do better on that bases loaded situation. It was two and zero, uh, and he missed a cookie. He missed a two and zero pitch that he knew he should have had. Uh, you saw him right after he right after he hit it. He shook his head in, in disgust. Uh, and you you can't do that. Uh, you can't do that. Uh, you know, obviously. You know, if you hit 300, 350, you're going to get in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so there's a 30, 35% chance success rate in baseball. It's your elite. So you can't guarantee it every time. Uh, but in that situation, when you're paid that those big bucks, uh, you got to do better than, than miss a cookie on 2-0. and uh, not, It wasn't even against Darvish. I forget who it was against. But uh, their bullpen, which is not, you know, ideal, uh, he simply got to do better. Definitely agree. We'll see what happens as the season continues to go on. All right, guys. Share your final thoughts or anything that you wanted to touch on real quick before we sign out. My final thoughts are this has been a really weird season. It's not been fun. And uh, even though the Dodgers are in second place and they are well over 500. And I think that when the dust settles, they will win this division. I still truly believe that it is, it is contingent on them getting healthy, but this season so far has not been that fun to watch. I hate to agree with you. Uh, but I do. And uh, I don't know. My final thoughts are, I hope the Dodgers get one of these next two games. If they get swept, I'm not going to lose much sleep over it. Uh, I cannot stand Padres Twitter online. Uh, ben and Woods, the radio hosts or whatever, are the absolute worst. Uh, and I hate David. Them. I have and to say, though, you you ask for it, though. You really do. You, you I, egg them on. I you do. invite them in there. 
I, I, I do, but you know what? That doesn't make them any less insufferable <laughs> because I don't, I don't tag anybody. I don't, I don't do anything. They find I don't call you, bro. They, specific. They're waiting, they find they're waiting me. for you. They're waiting they are, for they you. are waiting like a snake in the grass and their little <laughs> teeny bop group chats. And then they send them all to their little masters and their little, uh, you know, simp people and all this crap. And my tweet will get five likes. And then once it gets five likes, anything over, okay, fine. I'll say anything over 50 likes. I know I'm in for a shit show from Padres. Yeah, Twitter yeah. Because they will find it. They will. Oh, every time. Uh, it's like, it's like Liam Neeson and Taken. They, they will find me. Yeah. So they have a, uh, they yeah, do have, they do have a certain set of skills. They, they do. And, uh, but yeah, Ben and Woods clowns, utter clowns. You want me to I mean, you're, you're a radio this? host with, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll add them. Uh, they've been, they've been using my shit on their show for, for months. Uh, you know, idiot of the week, idiot tweet of the week. Uh, but Hey, my line's open. They want, they want, they want the smoke on their stupid little radio show. I'm available. Ben and Woods cowards. Maybe they should come <laughs> on. We'll have a face off. No, no I don't awesome. want those clowns on. <laughs> Remember what happened? Oh, I'm not going to say that, but our last Padres guest was, has some bad takes himself. <laughs> My final thoughts is just a reiteration of what I was saying earlier. The Dodgers are going to come out with a sense of urgency tonight. They're going to sit on Blake Snell changeup, which has just been atrocious this season. What, what was once his best pitch has now fallen into his worst pitch. Hitters are hitting 406 against his changeup. The velocity is upticked three miles an hour. It's almost a fastball at this point. Blake Snell is not good. He's the worst pitcher ever to win the Cy Young Award, in my opinion. And I'm calling my shot. They're going to get at least three runs off this guy. And as long as Clayton Kershaw does his part on his end, they are going to get the win. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen in the first inning, I think. Got to jump on him early. I would love to be a part of his breakdown tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of The Incline. Make sure to subscribe to us. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Follow us on Twitter at the Incline Pod. We're on Instagram, and you can follow us on Twitter. I'll drop our handles below. So if you want to interact with us, talk shit, or talk Dodgers, the opportunity is there because we all will interact with you. Thank you so much. Hope you have a great week ahead. Go Dodgers! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.